In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast partner in crime is one and only Travis Rats. I, I like you yeah, went up. That's I good. Up. I should have like tried to harmonize with you, and then we could have it had been. We do it again. Beautiful. Just hit it. <laughs> my <laughs> podcast partner in crime is my, Travis my Rats. Rats. Oh, I try to yeah, keep it low. Bad. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Anyways, uh, this is the Comic Exposure Podcast where we talk comic books. Uh, usually every other week we do a comic book club. We bring a guest on. We talk about uh, a trade or graphic novel, usually someone who doesn't read comics. And then the other half of the time, we talk comic books. And that's an episode you're on today, a variant issue episode today. I do believe you've dubbed it Independence Day. I have. So far, it's a, it's a title in progress. I don't want people to see our podcast feed and think we're going to be talking about Will Smith, though. Yeah, so. no. Indep- no, you got to spell it independence, like E-N-T-S, not independence, uh, but like independent, in the, plural. Gotcha. This is why. This is why you're my partner. That's this right. You're That's my partner. Right. <laughs> All right, so Travis and I are talking about uh, independent comics today. We've got an interview coming up on the show. Uh, Travis, we, we kind of reached out to some independent comic book publishers, and uh, we are trying to build something with Comic Exposure. We're going to talk to some different folks. So we've got an interview coming up, but before we do that, Travis, you and I – uh, spent a little time this weekend, uh, last weekend, on Saturday at Amazing Arizona Comic Con. Yeah, amazing is it's an interesting adjective. Um... <laughs> we we go. This is the second time that you and I have gone. So back to back years. I've been I've been more than twice, but th- these are back to back years. And here's what I go to Amazing Comic Con before. Here's what I go for. Right, I go to like like peek through back bins to peek right. through back issues that I don't normally do at my own comic shop, which I guess I could do at my own comic shop, but it's not nearly as fun as when you're surrounded by like 40 people in Deadpool costumes. Right. And they have, you have some like really high end titles that are displayed and yeah, like stuff I can't afford, but stuff that's interesting to look at and be like, Holy shit, that issue is that much, you yeah. know? <laughs> And then you always start the lamenting of like, I think I had that issue at one point. <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah, I could have been rich. I see. I like, well, because uh, so at Amazing Arizona Comic Con, uh, Liefeld was there. It was Deadpool weekend. Deadpool opened up, um, and everybody had Deadpool books out, right? Or X Force books, yeah, or was, yeah. all Liefeld material everywhere. And I saw so many books. I was like, shit, I had that. Like, yeah, like all no. these books from the nineties. I was like. Man, I had that book. I don't I, anymore. <laughs> I I like I like going to Amazing Con for exactly that same thing. The back, you know, surfing yeah. back bins and finding those rare gems and and just like being fun, like being out and about. It's a nice thing to do, and it's it's cheaper than most cons. So yeah, uh, I also like it because it is more intimate. You get a sense that the people who are going there are more into the comic side of things, uh, and you don't get as many creators there. But the creators you do get there, they're super approachable, and there's no lines. Yeah. Like Chris Claremont was just sitting by himself in the corner. Um, yeah, just hanging out. Just <laughs> hanging out. And you're like, why isn't anyone talking to Chris Claremont? I'm like, I'm going to go talk to Chris Claremont. And so you can like have conversations with, with people that you've been reading. 
uh, 30, 40 years. And yeah. it's it's just routine at uh, these smaller cons. So kind you sad did... sometimes, too. You're like, someone go talk to him. Yeah, you, you, you dug through some stuff. Who'd you dig through comic books with? You, you and I met there. We ate lunch, but then we kind of parted ways. Mm-hmm. I'd already went through Con already. Who, who were you digging through stuff with? Uh, Dan with McCoy. Dan, yeah. Dan's been on the show uh, for our Daredevil, our big Frank Miller Dare, Daredevil issue. Where we went through some that trade. Uh, yeah, we had a good time, man. He was looking for um, – he likes the old uh, World War II uh, uh, books. Okay. You know, the covers. He's got a bunch of those collected. Did he you find also like some vintage Batman? No, he was gonna pick up. It was like 150 bucks. The issue of uh, uh, Green Arrow, where Bucky is that famous cover. Doing heroin? Know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the guy's like, yeah, um, 150. I'll give you 150. And it was like rated like a 8.6. And I was trying yeah. to get him to buy it. I'm like, oh, you guys. I just wanted someone to buy. It. <laughs> like, you gotta <laughs> buy it, dude. You gotta buy this book. I don't. He didn't end up buying it, but. And I went through and I. Um, Filled in some of my old preacher issues, and you know what I started doing? Started picking up some Y. Started picking up some Y the Last so Man. Those Y the Last Man, yeah, because they're still good, relatively idea. cheap. Yeah, uh, and they won't be once you know they start. If that TV show happens, yeah, if that TV show. Right, it's happens. like in that, it's in that weird development limbo right so, now. It's going to be picked up by somebody sometime as a movie, a series. It's it's going through what Preacher went through, you know, five yeah. years ago. So yeah, what about you? What'd you pick up? Uh, I went through and picked up some old uh, Commandy issues, which is what I'm always kind of hunting for. I love that kind of like weird 70s Kirby stuff. And right. so whenever I can find some, I dug some out. The dude gave me, a, you know, he's like, well, let me see what they're what they what they are in the book, you know. And I'm yeah. like, dude, they're your books. Like you don't have them. You don't have them priced. What are you going to give them to me for? So I picked up a couple issues of that. And then I picked up probably the uh, most weirdest find that I've gotten at Comic-Con. Which is a book called Time Beavers. Uh, <laughs> it's a book about a group of beavers who travel through time. And they, you remember like uh, Bucky O'Hare? Do you remember that cartoon? Right. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like Bucky O'Hare, except they're all beavers and they travel through time. Yeah. <laughs> it was no, ridiculous. Uh, did, you, did you read the book? <clears throat> I haven't read it yet. I haven't yeah. read it yet. I'm going to live tweet it on uh, at Comic Exposure. So if you uh, want to follow us on Twitter, I've been live tweeting my read of uh, Dark Knight Returns. So that's on there. Uh, and then uh, I'll, I'll uh, once I'm done with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna live tweet my read of Time Beavers. Hitler's in it. Abraham Lincoln's in it. Some evil rats are in it. Yeah. And then a gaggle of beavers. You had me. At, you had me at Hitler. You had me at Hitler. Yeah, right. So oh, so yeah. uh, I picked up that and a couple couple things. And then I found a guy. And this is my favorite part about Khan because we always read trades. I found a sta- like a guy who had like four long boxes of uh, trades. Four long boxes of trades. I saw that. Dude. Uh, like five bucks a piece, or f- he was given five for twenty. Yeah, no. And so I literally picked. I picked up ten trades. <laughs> I, yeah. I, no, actually, maybe I picked up like eleven. So I bought one more, like one extra five dollar one. But I picked up like eleven trades there. A couple things I was looking for that I wanted to read, and I was like, "Oh, dude, he's got it." So I grabbed it. Well, the, after you left the con, something interesting happened. All the ATMs ran out of money. Really? They didn't stock the ATMs with money. And a lot of those, especially at Amazing, those comic book guys, they still don't have the little swiper things. Yeah. And yeah. so they were only taking cash. So people who had cash could basically call the prices. Like I went through, I got like five preacher back issues, a couple, uh, like five Why the Last Man for like 20 bucks total. And it would have wow. cost me like 55 if if they weren't so desperate for cash. In the land of no ATMs. Yeah. The man with cash is king. The man with cash. Oh, I like this. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so to to let's let's let so at a con. Let's talk like about that. sex, baby. Let's talk about you <laughs> and me. Let's talk about me. We're kind of getting into uh, the idea of independent comics, and, and we've got an interview coming up on the episode uh, today. Um, but first, I want to kind of talk about what did you see as far as independent artists and stuff like that at con, or, or, or what did you see while you were there? Yeah, when you look at a small con like Amazing Con, you said it interesting. I mean, um, taking it outside independent publishers, but just independent artists in general who you'll see at yeah. con, they're, they're selling their prints, they're selling their, uh, their pages and, and things like that. Uh, you said it uh, really great. At Amazing Con, it's all like tits and ass shit. It's it all is. like it's all like versions of Lady Death that were done, you know, like on the computer and are like glossy and it's just yeah. booth after booth of TNA. Yeah, there's uh, lots, I got no problem with like that, vamp- but I'm lots of Vampirella, lots yeah, of Lady Death. Yeah. Stuffing stuff I'm not going to put up in my house. Stuff no. I'm not going to put up in my house. I but- want pencils, baby. Give me I want to see some lines. I don't want like yeah. that 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 computerized graphic glossy like it- that's a reason that's the reason i don't like a lot of like uh like main stage dc stuff is it all looks like it someone made it and like colored it in paint it like looks too good if that makes right. sense it looks too polished um but there's a ton of independence in in uh, through twitter i'm always like trying to find new stuff right because there's so many comics out there right? right there's like so much out there and and trying to like narrow down what i read because when i go to the shop it's you know i'll see some stuff from dark horse some stuff from boom some stuff from image kind of like those lower you know like boom and dark horse and uh the lower like tier companies, or Arcadia, just, yeah. are kind of like your, your your lower tier stuff, and and they're cranking right. out tons of books. But then there's even more stuff out there. As like running our our, our Twitter page, you f- I find like all of these independent things, all these Kickstarter books. I just backed an independent book on Kickstarter called Spiral, uh, and I have no idea what currency I paid in. Bitcoin. Um, it was like KR, so it's like. I don't know some Finnish crowns or something like that. I don't know. It's this weird currency. One KR is two hundred American dollars. You you just got swindled, my friend. It's actually it's actually like reverse. Yeah, so I, exactly. It was like a hundred crowns, but it was like ten bucks, and I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, I can handle that. But In my I, country, we we can buy so much with this. I have five dogs. I have to feed them all. Uh, so any a little bit helps. So I found this I found this book called Spiral. It was like a noir. I kind of really dig the art. So I'm like, hell, I'll throw some money on it. Because I feel like as a as a comic reader, as someone who loves the medium of comics, that like I really want to like help these independent creators because they're doing something they love. And it may not be at like DC or Marvel or even Image now. Image has got a huge market share right now uh, for an independent publisher. And I and I just am like, man, I, if I see something good. I want to help, you right. know. <laughs> well, we both we both have a background when we were when we were teenagers. We were both in punk punk bands, right? Yeah. And it's that real DIY. Like you're making the songs, like you're scraping together stuff for amps. If someone breaks something in your band, everyone's chipping in and helping them get yeah, you know, it fixed. And there is something I think, especially if you're kind of raised to do that, you know, if you started your own bands or you started your own creative project at a young age, just to do it. Like you, you grow up wanting to support other people who are who are taking a big risk uh, with their time, with their finances, uh, with their just I mean mental health for a lot of these you know independent publishers doing this and working a day job, raising a family. It's it's totally punk rock, man. And um, 
I, I love the the garage aspect of a lot of these independent titles um, that that go on there. Now there are kind of tiers, I think, of independent publishers as far as yeah. the, when we talk about independent comics. So you, I could say in, uh, Image is an independent you know comic book yeah. company, but is it really? What are your thoughts on like the different tiers of of comic book well, independent comic book? I think when we go to independent, you talk about Image, and it's it's not corporate owned; it's it's creator owned, right? But it's right. still a, it's still like a corporation. It still has big money for for like um, publishing, and I mean they put out a ton of books, right? So it's not like I mean I don't know I don't know how much they pay uh, I don't know how much creators get off of it, right? I don't I don't you know I don't have like layman on speed dial and like dude how much are you getting on Chew? You know what I mean? But I, I I'm kind of you. I kind of always wonder that's kind of like the holy grail for publishers, these independent publishers. I think like that's like the pinnacle you want to reach for. And then you've got some, you know, you've got some bigger books, uh, companies like Boom that are kind of independent. Uh, they're not one of the big two. Uh, they're not as big, but they've got space at a local comic shop, right? right? Dark Horse, they've got space at a local comic shop. Uh, IDW, space at a local comic shop. But you've got these other kind of like, really DIY beat in the streets to sell books kind of companies. Right. And they're either like two dudes who are just putting stuff together or it's like a group, a collective of people who are trying to put stuff out. So recently, uh, one of the, one of the places I follow on Twitter is Alterna comics and Alterna comics is, uh, they just had their big 10 year, uh, anniversary sale. Mm -hmm. So like 10 years that they've been around. And so they had a bunch of books up for sale and I had grabbed a book before cause I thought it looked interesting. And, and so I grabbed a couple books off of their, their sale. Cause I'm like, yeah, you know, I want to, I kind of want to help. Like I like, want to help the right. local scene. You know what I mean? Even though it's not local to me, I just feel like if I love something like comics, I want to help those, those, those groups out. But I think you've got this range of like two dudes slapping together something xeroxing it off and selling right. it at comic-con because i've seen those and then you've got people who are producing you know glossies that they're putting out real books with real quality um and then that range in between you know what i mean yeah and it's gotta be tough for these guys because when they know the quality in independent comics varies widely yeah like you get stuff that's like oh and you also get stuff that's like oh my god this is like a top 40 song that no one's heard and like and they they've got to know it too the, the, the independent creators who are just doing really amazing stuff it's just they just need eyes on it they need someone yeah. to look at it and i think the old model of shopping your work around at cons it can work a little bit but it used to be the place that young publishers used to go self-publishers used to go to get seen because there yeah. would be artists and writers from the big two there and, you know, they stop by your booth or you bring them your portfolio. They see it. They go, this is great. How about you do a fill-in for me on this issue? They get their foot in the door. All of a sudden, like, they can start, you know, you know, working on small things. Meanwhile, they're working on their independent stuff. I mean, that was kind of like the roadmap the way it used to be. But with uh, all the cons and, and all the young artists and writers out there, because it's it's – with the way the internet is and the way these uh, publishing tools say, are, like the internet, everyone has... could be an independent comic book creator. Not everyone, but it, there's definitely the market there is is much more flooded than it used to be. I was just listening to another podcast. They were talking about like web comics, 
And have you seen dinosaur comics before? You've seen no. dinosaur comics online, haven't you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like, it's a clip art yeah. dinosaur, yeah. right? It's like a clip art dinosaur. And I think, like, any, like, you can produce a comic like that, right? Like, anybody can, like, it's become easy. The tools are there. Not that it's easy to get people to read it, right? But I think it's become, to get it, to produce it's become quicker. And so I think that that, I mean, we have so much stuff in the market and I'm really always kind of looking at Kickstarters and I'm looking at Twitter and I'm hunting stuff to find like what I what do I think is cool and what do I see out there? And I think instead of shopping stuff at cons, you've got – I mean I still think that happens. Independent publishers go to cons and they try to sell their right. stuff. But they have so much expo- – they can get so much exposure now on, on places like Twitter or on uh, Instagram or whatever kind of social media they're using to get out there. You can get your stuff seen in a different way by more eyes, you know? Um, and I think it's all about how they, how they use that to, to their advantage on, on whether they're going to sell books or not. You know, yeah, marketing is always the toughest part of any creative endeavor. I mean, you look at major films out there and they're spending whatever the budget was in the film. They're spending that again in marketing. Yeah. You know, if you're going to make a hundred, I think they just released the marketing budget on star Wars was $200 million. Yeah. And, that's like like the cost of the film, you know. So you yeah. pay that again, double marketing. You know, that's really where the struggle lies for these independent publishers is how to get their your name out there. And so right now, a lot of people are you know doing podcasts and and um, you know hitting um, social networking really hard and 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 trying to get as much of their comics is really nice because you could send up you could tweet a panel, you could um, you know send that out to people and it's it will catch someone's eye if they're scrolling through their social media feed and they see something that's like "Ooh, that's a badass panel let me click and find out more it's very conducive to that as opposed to if you're trying to shop your sci-fi novel you know online and you're like trust me it's good yeah yeah. (laughs) here's a page from my novel (laughs) yeah so they have that going from them. so it's always great because i'll i'll we we are on a couple of um comic book groups on social media and you'll, you, a bunch of stuff gets posted, but you'll scroll through the feed, and every now and then something will jump out at you. You're like, "What is this? I haven't seen this. Yeah. This is cool." And you'll click into it. So, yeah. So, so let's let's talk about who'd you bring on the show, uh, and let's let's throw to the interview. Let's uh, let's hear a little bit. Uh, so, who do we bring on? Who, who'd you we talk? Got, to? We have uh, Frank uh, Mueller, and he is uh, one of the co-founders of Aces and Eights um, uh, Press. You know, they they do. Uh, a couple different titles. Uh, Frank him, Frank personally writes uh, one of their flagship titles, "The Devil You Know," and uh, we got him on the podcast. You, you know, he, he um, got to read some of his books, and we sat down, and I really was interested in just talking to him about you know the idea is he, he's putting a lot of his 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 books up on Comicsology. There's a couple okay. in print, but the idea of uh, the approach to choosing that as opposed to doing web-based. We also talk about um, uh, the unexpected um, brick walls you get when you're you're publishing. What was what was a challenge that he didn't expect going into it? Um, where where does he see the the company? What would he like from his company in okay. the next year or two? So yeah, I think it was he's a really great guy. It took his time out to do this. Uh, really knowledgeable about comics and really passionate about it too. I think one of the things you know in the interview is you can just hear that he knows a lot about comics um, and he's just really passionate about about creating something and putting it out there and and just seeing what people think. 
All right. Well, we love comics, and so in order to do our part, let's uh, let's hear from Travis uh, in his interview with uh, Frank Mueller from Aces and Eights Press. We, I am here with Frank Mueller. Uh, he is co-founder, writer, and editor uh, at Aces and Eights Press, and that can be found on aa eight at aa eight eight press dot com. Woo, Frank, did I get all that right? <laughs> You got it perfect. Right, right. And that's no, um, he's not putting on an accent. He is from uh, Jersey. So um, <laughs> we won't hold that against him. <laughs> it's like the Sopranos, right? Yeah. No, Frank Mueller is the best name for that because it, it <laughs> sounds like you're like, it was me, my buddies. It was uh, Squeezebox, Curly, Frank Mueller, <laughs> and we were all hanging out, having some beers, you know, whatever it is. So. My partner at Aces and Eights is named uh, Sal Brucoleri. Oh, so. dude, you got it. You got it. I can see De Niro <laughs> narrating that your biopic right now. We are, our just, artist is like, you guys are, I'm scared that you guys are uh, in, the, in the mafia. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you should do a mafia title at some point here. <laughs> we should, one day we'll get to it. Right. I, I, I have plans. I have yeah, plans I bet. I bet. Some mafia stuff. <laughs> so, you know, um, Frank was kind enough to come on for our, uh, our independent uh, podcast here. And, um, you know, he is a, a co-founder, as he said, with Sal of uh, Aces and Eights uh, Press. And so, um, uh, Frank, uh, for our podcast, Comic Exposure, our whole uh, idea is to get people who have never read comics before, uh, bring them on to the podcast, get them to read a trade um, and then discuss it, you know, discuss the medium, what it was like getting into comics, what they liked, what they didn't like, if they would continue reading. So the first thing we always ask, uh, any guests, and I'm sure you get this a lot when you tell people, you know, you're in the comic business is what's your, uh, first exposure to comics? I mean, I've read comics since I was, as long as I can remember. My dad read comics actually, and he used to bring them home. He'd read them on the train on the way home from work. And he would just hand them off to me. So uh, I, I remember thinking back, I can remember reading like the superpower comics back in, um, it was like the early eighties. They were, they were like the DC justice league titles that they came with like toys and stuff like that. So it was, it was awesome stuff, man. Jack Kirby did the art on them. They were, they were really amazing comics. And, uh, I just always have been around comics. So, you know, I think I was probably about like, 10 when I actually started like using my allowance to go buy my own and then I started into like Batman um and then I jumped into like the X-Men after that and I've been collecting the X-Men probably for a good you know 28 years straight oh yeah so, X-Men it's 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 what because it's a soap opera of it that what it's what gets you you know it I'm, is a hundred percent a soap opera <laughs> right you know I was like oh man I don't know what I want to do more. Do I watch Dawson's Creek or do I read this new issue of X-Men? Like, I'm torn, man. Uh, Gambit and Rogue. That's yeah, a I know. great love story of all time. And my favorite issues were always the ones where they're, like, out playing volleyball in front of the yeah. X-Mansion, you know? They're like, oh, you go fight Magneto. But I'm like, let me see this volleyball game. Yeah. Like, how is this going to work? The dynamic between all of them is all, it was really what drew, draws you in, you know? Yeah, you absolutely. Absolutely. This guy hating this guy. This guy's friends with this one. Oh, now they changed. He's dating her, but she likes him. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's it's a, it's a soap opera, hundred percent. No, yeah, absolutely. And so that was your kind of first exposure you got into. It sounds like you've been a long time uh, comic book reader. So, oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, I want to talk to you uh, a little bit about the uh, the creation of uh, Aces and Aids Press. You know, because I think uh, anytime someone is DIY, you know, doing it yourself, um, you get a lot of. I want to kind of know between you and Sal, what was the what was the conversation like when you guys sat down and decided, you know, um, do we have the time for this? Is this something we want to do? How we go about doing it? What, was it something that was really planned, or did it come about rather organically? Well, Sal started doing it first, and he made um, he made a comic called Soul Men, which we actually just released on Comic Exology this Wednesday. So Soul Men number one is out there as well. And um, it was I remember him showing it. So Sal is my um, my cousin's husband. So you know we spent holidays together. We're always around each other. And I remember looking at it and thinking like, oh man, this is this is cool, man. You went you actually went out and made your own comic. Like I'm holding a comic in my hands that you made. And he's like, yeah, yeah, this is what I do. So I was like, you know, I always wanted to make a comic. So I just, you know, one day sat down and just said, fuck it, I'm going to do it. You know, and just went and found an artist and, you know, wrote up the script for what became The Devil You Know. And we just went out and did it, you know. And, um, you know, we made these books. We shopped them around for a few places. We got, you know, a couple hits on, like, a couple bigger publishers that, like, were willing to take a chance on us, but for whatever reason, things kind of fell through. Um, so we're just sitting with these books and we're like, you know what, we'll just do it ourselves. So we decided, you know, join forces and, uh, you know, we created Ace and Nights Press and we put it out there as a label. And then, uh, we've been plugging along ever since, you know, trying to, you know, just build awareness of what we're doing and, uh, just build a fan base one, one reader at a time. When we talk about publishing a comic um, independently, there's kind of two routes that people go. Some people choose to do a comic as a web-based comic. Other people choose to, like yourself, create whole issues and put it out on Comixology. So what was the conversation? How did you go about deciding um, which way you were going to publish your comic? So when you first get into it, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put this out. Like Everyone's going to buy it because it's awesome, you know? then like nobody really ends up buying it and you're like shoot all right we're gonna have to rethink this so um i'm definitely gonna release the w know as a webcomic coming up in um in the next couple of months we're we're transitioning between um web browsers soon so once we get fully up and running on our new website which should be a lot more user-friendly and a lot better uh we're gonna start releasing that as a webcomic but see you next tuesday was always a webcomic it started as a webcomic and uh, Sal and uh, Ibai um, Canales, who's the artist on that, have been doing that for over a year now. And they have just, you know, this massive collection of uh, pages that Sal was able to collect into volumes and put it out there for sale on Comic Exology. Because you get people that you get people that won't read web, web comics. You know, it's very weird comics. It's like, you know, you got like people. One, you got people who just won't read comics, period. Right. Like and that's a lot of people. Um, I mean, I got family members who, like, I've handed them my comic that won't read it just because it's a comic and they don't understand how it works. Um, and then you got people who read comics, but they just won't read anything that's not Spider-Man or not, you know, Batman or nothing Marvel or DC. Uh, and then you got people who, like, will read, like, Independence and stuff, but they won't read anything on the computer, like, web-based comics. So there's, like, different tiers, and each each sort of comic has its own, like, niche audience. No, so you, by tr- trying to put it into different like mediums, you, you you have a better chance of capturing at least some people you know everywhere. 
Yeah, well, it's such a great time for anything, you know, self-created, self-publishing. And people say it's the golden age of television, right? Like, I don't have enough time to watch all the good TV there is. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's really the same way with comics right now. I mean, not only are, you know... Um, uh, you know, your, your mainstream comics, we're getting some of the, the best writers, just period, not in comics, but I think some of the best writers, some of the best storytellers out there telling comics in mainstream form. But then you have all these other outlets, the web-based comics, comicology, independent publishers. So it really is like the heyday for like just great storytelling in comics. Yeah, there's definitely more comics out there that I want to read than uh, money I have to buy them all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, it's, and speaking of that, you know, when we talk, when I, when I say independent comic publishers, there seems to be different tiers of that, too. Because I remember for the longest time, I thought, you know... Uh, Independent is you can't you can't go any more independent than like Image Comics, you know, and and Image is still known as an independent you know publishing company. But I don't know what what's your thoughts on that as far as where you stand versus a uh, a well known independent comic uh, comic publisher as like Image. I mean, essentially, we're doing the same thing, right? Because if you're with Image, you're responsible for making your own book. You know, you got to get your own artists. You got to put everything together. You hand them in their pages. I, they they have a much more professional and uh, experienced staff that could you know collect everything and market it for you. Um, but the actual creation of the book is you know it, it's a similar process. But I mean, it's night and day in terms of you know what you're going to get in terms of uh, you know quality of people that are willing to work with you and stuff. You know, if you you go to try to, you know, hire an artist that and you're like, hey, I'm on an image book. You know, that artist is going to, uh, you know, do backflips to get an image book. You know what I mean? Right, absolutely. Um, when you're like, hey, I'm making my own book, um, you know, it's it's a lot harder to, uh, you know, grab. You're not going to – I'm not I – can't, I can't get the kind of caliber artist that, uh, you know um, – you know, Matt Fraction is going to get no, no, no knock to, you know, any of the artists that I work with, they're, they're awesome. Um, you know, and they're great, but you know, like Matt Fraction can go get like any single, he can have Jim Lee if he wanted, you know? Um, and like, that's really the difference. Like images, like images, like they're, they're the big three right now. They're, 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 you know, even though they don't command the market share that Marvel and DC do, they, you know, they command the talent pool. Yeah. Uh, and in many ways, their talent pool now exceeds what you get at Marvel and DC because the you know the the model of comics right now is you know you start off um, you know at like the indie level where I, I'm kind of at now, and uh, you know you you work your way up you know you get a book maybe at like Boom or you get a book at like you know an Action Lab, and then you know you, next thing you know you get you know a, bo a book at like you know maybe you get a book at like Image. Then you go to Marvel DC, you build up your fan base there, then you come back to Image, and that's where you really, like, you know, make that money that they're making. Yeah, that um, fucking Matt Fraction pretty boy money. No, I'm just <laughs> I love Matt Fraction. Yeah, no, I mean, that's I, I picked his name out because, you know, he's one of my favorites. Um, but, I mean, that's, that's you know, he's his run on, you know, Hawkeye and, 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 yeah. and all that stuff. Not You know, that's that's what fuels his name. 
So, you know, image, and that's what Image is really, like, all about right now. Like, yeah, they put out some new stuff. There's some really cool books that are coming out that um that are just, like, first-time books. And they, you know, they they do collect and, you know, have, like, a selection of, like, books that are, you know, people who haven't worked at the big two, um, you know. But for the most part, they're big books, like Witches and, you know, um, oh, yeah, yeah. East of West and all that yeah, stuff. The, everything those guys, they put out is gold, man. It's, it's just – it's it's I. I can't. They're smart. They make them like nine ninety nine the first trade. That's a brilliant model. You know, get them hooked. Uh, yeah. But they're, they're they're just they're just killing it. Yeah, they you know they they have like that talent level and those play, those those creators are able to make you know so much more money than uh, than they would be making at Marvel because they own those characters and they own they get all that money back in and the licensing deals and the option money and all that stuff. So. You know, when you have that caliber of talent just writing, it's uh, – I mean it's good for everybody, right? Because then that frees up spots at Marvel and DC for new people to come in and, you know, keeps the carousel going around. No, absolutely, absolutely. The more the merrier. So when at, we, the t- at our level, you know, the level of like an Aces Eights Press or like some of the other ones that you'll see on Comic Exology Submit, you know, we don't have the marketing routines or, you know – the finances to compete anywhere near where we're oh, yeah. those people. They're, they're marketing machines and they have all that money behind them and stuff. Yeah, and they yeah. have people that are dedicated to, you know, that's their job. They just do that all day. Whereas most everybody is like, you know, it's we're weekend warriors and we're, you know, we're, we're doing it on our off time and stuff like that. Uh, trying our best to keep up, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a challenge, man. Speaking of which, you know, when you come into this, obviously it's, if you're going to go into adventure like this where you're not only you know, uh, editing the books that are coming in, but you're also keeping your eye out for new talent, working with your, uh, your, um, your artist and your inkers and your colorists who are probably remote. Um, what, what have you found has been the biggest unforeseen challenge in, uh, Aces and Aids Press? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, Working with artists that don't speak the same language as you is definitely a big challenge. Yeah. Um, I'm the artist on W now, Kelly Kiskander. He doesn't speak English. Um, you know, so everything that I write is translated. What, yeah. what, what, uh, nationality? What does he speak? He's, uh, from Indonesia. So oh. whatever they speak over there. Right. You're like, um, how do you say bigger tits <laughs> in Indonesian? Because I'm going to need these tits to be bigger. <laughs> like, Take her shirt off. <laughs> yeah, you know, send, you know all the body parts in like Indonesian. <laughs> just send send pictures of naked girls. <laughs> You're like like this, more like this, please. Uh, and we're yeah, gonna get to that. We're gonna get to the the uh, the uh, uh, the content in Devil You Know too. I like that. <laughs> they, uh, the challenge really is like, for the most part, it's, it's little things like words that like you don't that just don't translate right. So you may like say like. Uh, the character has a smirk on his face, but maybe that word just doesn't translate. So now he's reading the script and has no idea what a smirk is, right? Right. Um, so you know, you may get pages back with the guy with him like whistling. Um, and then, <laughs> You're like, you know, like, fuck it, put it in. He's now whistling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there's been many things. I'm like, uh, we could work with this. You we do have a whist- <laughs> You do have a whistling panel in there. I'm thinking this is coming from, <laughs> from, we were, from experience. I, I, I remember the the first comic. Um, the scene where Graydon is like. He's walking through, and he like walks past so like a, a Santa Claus, and uh, he throws some money in his like tip jar, like one of the 
Salvation Army Santa Clauses. The first time I got that back, Graydon was like walking with a Santa Claus outfit and ringing a bell. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I don't think he understands what I'm saying. <laughs> and I was like, uh, this, yeah, I love it. But this isn't gonna work. <laughs> You're like, yeah. uh, I can't. I mean, n- normally most characters, I could, I could kind of mold this to, but not yeah. this character. It would totally be off character for grade. I, I could spin this. No, I can't spin this. One. Maybe a flashback <laughs> scene. I remember when I, it was me, Squeezebox, and Shabs, and Shabs always just like Santa, you know. And uh, oh man. Yeah. So you got to learn to like tailor your script a little bit to him. So like with, with you know, with that script, I have to write like a lot looser. You know, I can't really like. I can't layer in like every little detail or I have to make sure that like, you know, I leave it a lot open for his interpretation so that he, you know, there's less words to get tripped up on. Um, and that took a little bit of back and forth going to, to get to a nice groove. Um, but I t- the, the, one of the biggest, you know, obstacles you're going to have, you know, there's a zillion obstacles. If you're going to, you know, do, um, like a comic exiles you submit or like a indie super indie comic, but you know, financing it is also, you know, a big challenge because you know, the pages they add up, you know, and I pay all my artists, um, everybody's paid like a, you know, a solid wage and, uh, you know, it adds up, man. And the money that comes back in, you know, doesn't really equate. So you're really doing it. You're going to do it, man. You have to really understand that it's most likely going to be a, uh, a financial loss and you, you just do it for the love of doing it because you just, you really want to be part of comics and you really want to create something that other people are going to enjoy and, uh, you know, understand that you're probably not going to make any money at the beginning of this or, you know, it's going to take years before you build up enough of a fan base of people liking what you're doing before you, you know, you can start commanding. Um, you know, enough readership that you could start to almost break even. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's really interesting. And a question, it might be too insider baseball, but, you know, do you have, a, you know, when you look at the future, you know, we're starting a new year, 2016, and then before you know it's me, 2017. Is there, with the finances and, you know, doing this DIY, is there uh, like a make or break point? Is there a, a pullout or is this, because, you know, um, you and Sal are a lot of the creative force behind it. You're hiring your, your, your inkers, your artists, and things like that. And I'm sure there's fees for the, the publishing. I'm not sure how that works. But, uh, you know, down the road, is there like, oh, yeah, you know what? This is going to be like my night job doing this. Or is there definitely, do you think, you know, at some point there's the, can we keep this up and running? Or do we have to... Uh, you know, combined forces with uh, other publishers, try to get something working like that. Have you, have you guys had those conversations? Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we've, we've sat down. We, we routinely meet, like, you know, up and we have, like, uh, you know, talks about, like, what we plan and what our, you know, we plan our budget every year and what we're going to do this year. You know, this year's big push was to, to we have printed, um, like, floppies of the trades uh, of the comics, um, you know, single issues. And this year's focus really is on printing uh, graphic novels, you know, um, so to get, because we're going to have a couple of graphic novel uh, stories completed. So, and, you know, we really want to get a couple of trades printed up and uh, get it out there. We're going to be going to Heroes Con in Charlotte this oh, year excellent, and uh, excellent. getting a table there. So that was our, our, our push into, you know, one of the bigger Comic Cons. We do a, a couple of local Comic Cons around the New Jersey area. 
but this is like one of our this is our first like uh, big stage you know what i mean yeah no um, yeah and that's uh that's really what our focus is this year you know i think people get in trouble when they try to do everything right so you're right. like an independent comic company you're you know you're, you're basically operating with your lunch money that you've been like collecting right and yeah. like you know, if you try to like do everything, like you know, I'm gonna take on 28 titles and I'm gonna do a thousand print run and I'll just max out all these credit cards. Like, <laughs> it's just not. It's probably not yeah. gonna work. The Kevin Smith model of uh, of comic book making. <laughs> yeah, for every Kevin Smith, there's like a million people who destroy their lives. <laughs> there's a, there, for every Kevin Smith, there's a Randy Thomas. Who's Randy Thomas? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's right. <laughs> You know, like you always hear those stories and Kevin Smith is like a, you know, he's an icon for me. I'm in central Jersey. I, you know, I'm oh, Red Bank, like, yeah. yeah, 20 minutes from Red Bank. So, you know, you, you know, I can, especially we're almost like the same age as him. So we grew up like, like, oh man, this guy really, really did it, man. He really did it. You know, but those are, those are the stories that inspire you, but like everybody's path is differently. So you know, me and Sal are real smart. We both do it for the love, man. So we're not, you know, if we never make a dollar, not that we don't make a dollar, we do make, you know, a little, we're getting to the point where we're starting to see, you know, a little bit money coming in, um, enough to like help like repurpose into like other stuff and like, you know, expand just a little bit. And we're doing it very small. You know, we're, we're taking it step by step and doing it small and building out our titles and our launches. So we have, you know, the devil we know, which is going for, you know, I'm I'm planning as a 12 issue series, right? Um, and IGN gave that a B plus, right? I mean, it was it was you're getting some some good reviews on that. Yeah, I, um, I I I haven't had too many bad reviews, thank God. Um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I I'm very very happy how it's been received so far. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was it's so it's so funny as like when you meet comics man and you put them out and like especially like you know like I usually like have to actively seek out reviews you know what I mean though the right. IGN one was was uh, was a nice boost because they they did it all on their own um, but you know I usually have to actively seek out reviews like hey you want to review my comic here's my comic and then like you're always like on pins and needles like oh like you know all right what's he gonna say you know because um, there's flaws with everything you know and like. You, you know that there's stuff in there that could have been better, especially, you know, in every comic. Like, whenever you write or create something, you you know, at the end of it, you, you always see, like, oh, I could have did this a little bit better, a little bit tighter. Um, well, you don't, so have far, that, you don't have that time as a writer to put it in a drawer for three months and come back to it because you got to get that out there, you know. You got to keep it moving and, like, you know, and you get better. And that's just one of the things that, like, you know, the artist gets better. We, You know, you, as a writer, you get better. The editors get better. Everybody is improving at like a, you know, a rate so that every comic that comes out makes the other one look like, you know, like, Oh man, this comic is so much better than the last one, you know? And, and that's the, the one that we have coming out right now, which is issue five, which we're, we're putting the finishing touches on now. I look at it and I'm like, Jesus, this is so much better than issue one was. Um, and I'm like, it's, it's, everybody's just like really like fell into a groove, you know? No, so you guys, it's, it's growing together. I read the first four and let's talk about devil. You know, I read the first four and you see the progress, the teamwork and the more cohesiveness, um, the pacing and everything just, just ramps up each issue. Uh, it just, it just grows you. tremendously. It, it's really neat. It's really neat to see a team become a team, but let's let's whet everyone's appetite on on the devil you know and 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 what that's about. Sure, it's uh, Devil knows a story about a, a guy, Graydon Cross. He's um, he's sort of like a middle class yuppie that uh, one day comes home from work and finds that his family's been murdered by by Satan. 
um, and then he's killed as well. He makes a deal with God to be, in exchange for his powers. He's sent to hell with a mission to assassinate Satan. But the catch is that if he kills Satan, he has to stay in hell and become the new Satan. And it follows his story as he goes down to hell. And it's not like a typical hell that you would imagine. It's uh, it's almost like a, I wanted to, I didn't want to do like fire and brimstone and like the typical, you know, hell story where, you know, like everything is like, you know, clay, like rocks and fire. It's more like a middle earth kind of world where there's like, it has several different environments. Yeah, there's, you know, there's like lush, beautiful places and barren deserts and, you know, big castles and, you know, angels and cyclops and elves and dragons and all kinds of mystical creatures. And it's just a really, you know, different type of world and a different take on hell. And basically, Graydon goes on this mission. He gets dropped into this world where he, um, you know, he's uh, super strong and he really can't get cut by anything or burned. And he's forced to fight his way out of, uh, you know, demon captivity. And along the way, he makes some friends and starts to build up uh, the beginning of a res- resistance against the uh, the demons. And then we find that uh, there's, you know, the ruling party of hell, which is led by a fallen angel named Ardat Lyle and, uh, her consort, which is a, a man named Dimitri, who also has the same powers as great and begin to hunt them. And that's sort of where we're left off right now. There's, yeah, there's a nice little cliffhanger there between those two characters. And, uh, so here's, here's my, uh, my book jacket re- review. Are you ready for this, Frank? Sure. I worked hard on this. All okay. right, <clears throat> here we go. Frank Mueller is cooking up a comic book gumbo with all sorts of fantasy ingredients. The only way to know if you like it is to give it a taste. I like it. I like that a lot. <laughs> so where can, where, can people find, where can people find this? Where can people find Devil You Know? Where can they find you, Frank, if they want to reach out? Um, uh, how do they do that? Sure. Um, it's available on Comic Exology. All Ace and Leeds titles right now are available on Comic Exology. So if you just go to Comic Exology, type in AA88 Press, you'll find uh, the W you Know. You'll find See You Next Tuesday. You'll find Soul Men, which just released. Uh, you can go to our website, which is aa88press.com. That has links to um, to our Comic Exology page, to our Etsy store, where you can buy physical copies. Um, you can also go to C-U-N-E-X-T-T-U. E- oh, I spelled that wrong. Let me try again. C U N E X T T U E S. See you next Tuesday, and that's where you'll find the web comic. See you next Tuesday, which uploads a new page every Tuesday, um, and that's uh, that's a really great story um, about the Bride of Frankenstein. It's like a, a you know a horror slash comedy, this film noirish type uh, world where the Bride of Frankenstein is uh, detected for the monster community. And she's uh, she's trying to solve crimes all while the while her ex husband Frankenstein is uh, trying to have her assassinated. So and, you she's, know, sta- and she's stacked. So that and is, yeah. yeah, she's uh, <laughs> she for the Bride of Frankenstein uh, for a woman that's made of uh, rotted corpse pieces of corpses she is uh, pretty attractive <laughs> uh, no, I, I love i love the art in that book it's it's like uh, it's like Tank Girl meets the Monsters Man it's yeah, it's it, cool. Ibai Canales is the artist out of Spain. He's uh, he he's it's another example of just like every time, every Tuesday I look at a page and I'm like, wow, this page is so much better than like anything like he's done so far. Like he just amazes me every Tuesday. Excellent. So, 
And then you can also follow us on Twitter. We're at um, at aa88press.com. Um, and you can follow um, you can follow us f- or like us on Facebook. With um, we're aa88 press. Just look up aa88 press there. Basically, if you Google aa88 press, you'll find everything with us. It's a very unique moniker, which is one of the reasons we uh, we chose it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I like that name. Um, and I, I and, and look up, you know, if you go to your iTunes, you type in Frank Mula M U L A, and you can see other podcasts he's done. Um, this is bad. Why am I promoting other podcasts? No, uh, it's all it's all community. You can you can see other long form uh, podcasts with uh, uh, hear other hear other long form podcasts with Frank on it, where he talks more in depth about you know the making of AAA Press and Aces and Aids Press, and so. Thanks, Frank. Uh, you're, I mean, you're a new friend of the show. Uh, I have all my best wishes with you. I, 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 ho- I can't wait to see what comes out next. Um, and so we thank you. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. Uh, so good conversation. I thought, I thought uh, Frank talked about a lot of stuff that I, I kind of – I always like personally like I would love to put out a book. I would love to put out a book, but I don't know that I have the cojones to put in – the time and effort. Like, I don't know if I, like, I, I'm a, a doodler. I don't know that I'm like an artist artist, but I'd like to, I like to dabble in doodling. Uh, but I'm, I'm always kind of like, well, could I write a comic book? Could I do that? Like, I love the art form. Um, but I don't know if I have the balls to do it. And Frank, he's got a pair, man. Him and his, him and his buddy. So Harry, Harry, (laughs) Jersey cojones. He's putting them out. Um, yeah. And you know, you make a good point there. And I think that, I think that, uh, unfortunately, there are people who are like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can make a comic book. And they start doing it, and they'll get through one book. And they'll be like, oh, this is, I feel accomplished. I think the key is, if you're going to go into independent comics, is you have to make that commitment to the full story. I mean, how yeah. many comics do people sit down, and they, they go through, and they create their own comic. They get someone to draw it, and they're like really proud of it. They get it printed up, or they put it online. And then you never see the next issue. You know, you got to be consistent. You got to have your run. And I, you know, one of the things with Frank is I think he's really committed to doing, completing that run on Devil You Know, completing yeah. those runs. You know, I think he was looking at twelve issues. I think he said of Devil You Know, uh, and he's just putting out five uh, right now. So you know, still, still got a ways to go. But you got to finish your story. You got to finish your commitment to your reader. If you're going to ask someone to put in the time and the money to read something that you created on your own, you have something that bargain too. And you need to, to let them know that, hey, if you like these characters, we're going to finish this story. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought you kind of talked about a little bit about the challenges that go into it and, and, and sort of um, what the, one of the roadblocks I thought he was interesting when he talked about uh, the language barrier between him and his, uh, his artist – Oh, that was kind of like a cool right. little story. Yeah. Like I, I was like, you thought know, I thought about that. Yeah. I, yeah, I never thought about that before. And part of me would go, I never would have thought to go find an artist from another country to do it. But I'm like, oh, that's not a bad idea, right? Like, yeah, you gotta go like you gotta go like someplace like uh, third world, like the like Philippines, and just find like some amazing dirt poor artist there and be like, I'll give you twenty bucks. That's terrible. An You're issue. a terrible human being. Ter- an issue and a Capri Sun and a Capri Sun. You are exploitive, right. sir. You're exploitive. <laughs> um, so, uh, to continue this idea, this continuous idea of um, moving independent comics, where I mean, f- 
for you, what are you looking for when you get independent, when you're looking for an independent comic, what are you looking for that you aren't getting uh, from the big two? You know, I, I it's it really comes down to something that's very obvious. It's just, you know, something different. Uh, and I don't mean it just have to be like a different premise. It doesn't have to be like some off-the-wall premise. Uh, but at the same time, I want a different voice. I think when you get into the big two... There is a, a tendency for, you know, the the Marvel method, the Marvel voice. Like, when you're going to be writing those books, they're edited down by the editors to really kind of – I mean, you know, like Jason Aaron has his own voice. Matt Fraction has his own voice, and you, and you see those come out uh, from, from the artists. But then you have a whole other tier of the big two books where it's just all kind of like – is there like a staff room of writers just pumping these <laughs> things out? And so I like the fact that independent uh, comics, when I look for it, I like for maybe seeing someone who normally wouldn't have a voice in writing or uh, an artist that uh, might not be the most popular when it comes to those main two, being able to have a stage in which to present. What about you? I think I'm always looking for, I think when you go, there are so many good stories that people can tell, right? The amount of stories that are in the world, right? It's hard for me to limit myself to... I mean, we can really, I think Image puts out some good books, but I think, again, Image is one of those big three publishers, right? Right. Um, I think that Frank said that on the thing, right? He said, it, Frank in the interview said it might as well be the big three, right? When you've got right. Image with the market share they have. And I think like Image is putting out good books, but I think there's so many stories out there. I don't want to limit myself to just this, where I can find it right here, right? I think that just because maybe you don't have the money to put something out doesn't mean that that what you're put something out big doesn't mean that you don't have a good story to tell. Right. And well, I, I kind of go ahead. I kind of like the idea of uh, finding someone like they've got a story to tell and they're so um, sure of their story that they're willing to kind of like like risk it, put that that, punch, ent- yeah, that yeah. entrepreneurial spirit to go out there and go do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I, I I respect that so much in any in any form of art, yeah. uh, because it is art is so personal, and you put this out there and you put it out into the world and you get a sense that, you know, like it hurts. It can hurt when people come back and they're like, "This is crap," and you're like, "This is like been my passion for the last two years." Frank talks about that, you know, about he's been getting uh, uh, primarily really good reviews for it. IGN gave him that B plus and things, but at the same time. You could hear that kind of like hesitation, like, oh, you know, but like the bad reviews probably hurt, you know, they, they, yeah. as much as you want to be bulletproof to that stuff, it's, it's, it's your passion, it's your craft, it's your story, and it's your baby. When someone yeah. talks shit about your baby, you get a little <laughs> When upset. someone shits on your baby, yeah. you get upset. <laughs> Did you just shit on my baby? Why would you Bro, do that? you better clean that up. No blumpkins on my baby. Yeah, but at, at some point, though... Aren't we just used to having babies covered with shit? You're a parent, so. right? Isn't like the yeah. first two years of their life? Isn't it just there's it's always just... like a fine layer of shit on them? Usually, usually you have to spray it off. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I think I would like to continue this this conversation about independent comics. I think this is what we're going to look for. Uh, we're looking for some more creators to talk to, some more uh, comic book independent press companies to talk to. Yeah. So you can look for that coming for us, Travis. We've got uh, the next podcast. Is supposed to be Spider-Man Blue, right? That's that's the goal. So we're uh, we had a guest fall through for that, but we're gonna find someone to fill in and talk about 
Uh, it's Tim Sale, and I don't have it in front of me. Who's the... Uh, oh, oh I don't have it either. Um, it's going to drive me nuts. Let's but, talk about Spider-Man. Let's talk we're about, about Spider-Man Blue. Let's talk about Gwen Stacy, Mary Jane, Green Goblin 2. Let's talk about like, Spider-Man. Don't, I don't want to get into it because I'm going to talk about it right now if we talk about it. I know. So we're, we're going to talk about Spider-Man Blue on the next podcast. Uh, we've got Chrononauts coming up after that for Comic Book Club. So you can always follow us on uh, Comic Exposure uh, at www.comicexposure.com on the webs. Uh, we're on Twitter. At Comic Exposure. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash comic exposure. So you can find us on all those places. Uh, and uh, I want to thank Frank for being on the show. It was really cool to kind of hear uh, his take on what's going on for him in independent comics. It's always good to hear those voices. Like, A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-